Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Tonight's show is one from the vaults. This is a DB classic tonight. As I talked about on fake news yesterday, uh, the general, Bobby Knights, one of the greatest college basketball coaches in history, passed away. I was fortunate enough to interview him back in 2018. Tonight, we will replay the interview for you guys to hear, and this is one of the rare interviews that he's ever done where he actually talked about uh, his entire life. Um, Man, uh, it's almost tough to talk about today because he was such a great man, and uh, it was a a massive opportunity, uh, not only for the show, uh, but for me personally. Here is the replay of my interview with Coach Bobby Knight. Coach Knight, I appreciate you being on the show. This is an unbelievable honor for me. Well, you must uh, have not had many honors in the past. No, no. Real lowbrow show. Real, real lowbrow show. Uh, <laughs> you're, a st- you're a step up for us, so it's great. I'm it's- just happy to be here. <laughs> um, I'd like to, to start from the beginning. Um, you don't do many interviews, and we're, we're grateful to have you, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't hear too many people ask you about your life and where, where you're from originally and, and how you got started in basketball. You know, I might have forgotten. <laughs> it was that long ago? I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> where, where'd you grow up? <clears throat> I grew up in a small town in Ohio. Uh, What's the name of it? I went to Ohio State. Well, I did too, but this was Orville, which is the home of Smucker's Preserves. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where, uh, that's where I grew up. I went all the way through high school there. And then went to Columbus uh, and played basketball at Ohio State. And then uh, from Columbus, I came back to, uh, actually came back to Cuyahoga Falls up in Akron. Sure. Where I taught school the first year I was out of college. And uh, I had a really interesting thing. I think every once in a while in life, something comes up that... uh, either was unexpected or that you kind of fell into or whatever. A friend of mine who's still a a very close friend of mine named Bob Fee, who lives in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, he was teaching at Cuyahoga Falls when I came there. Okay. And so we got into the uh, basketball season, and and, uh, he and I went down to Louisville. To see uh, Louisville was playing Loyola of Chicago. And no, it was Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati playing Loyola of Chicago because when I was at Ohio State, we won the national championship when we were sophomores. Right. And then the next two years, Cincinnati beat us in the national championship game. Oh, boy. So. We went down to Louisville to root for Loyola of Chicago, (laughs) Cincinnati. And I happened to be ran into uh, Coach Taylor while we were down there. It was uh, our coach at Ohio State, and he was just there to see the games. And we happened to run into each other. And we were standing in the hallway there talking. And uh, he was kind of talking about what I wanted to do and, and did I want to stay at the falls or move or what. And anyhow, this guy walked up. His name was George Hunter. 
Yeah, Coach Taylor introduced me to him, and this is probably uh, I could never have fallen into anything uh, that that wound up being better than this. Hunter was the head coach at West Point. Sure. And and uh, uh, Coach Taylor introduced me to him, and they were talking back and forth a little bit. And uh, Mr. Hunter said to Coach Taylor, you know, if, if this kid's ever uh, going to be in the military, uh, you let me know and I'll bring him to West Point. Really? And he can help me coach the freshman team there. And I'm just standing. I don't even have a girlfriend. You know, <laughs> and I'm just standing there not thinking what my next step is going to be or anything. But uh, probably was the most important thing that I ever said about going somewhere or doing something because I said, well, Coach Hunter, uh, what, if, what if I would uh, what if I would just come to uh, I'd volunteer for the draft and come to West Point? And he was, you know, kind of thought, what's wrong with this kid? You sure. Know, was he, yeah, yeah. I mean, he said, well, he said, now you'll have to go through basic training. But if you want to do that, then uh, I will bring you to West Point and you can help coach our freshman team. That's crazy. So that's what you did. You went through basic training. And, and I think that, uh, you know, this was at a time when, when everything was quiet and we weren't involved with a lot of things and so forth. And, and uh, going, to, uh, uh, going to West Point was, you know, not a... Uh, but it, we we talked and and I said was we were talking I said well what if I would uh, what if I'd go into the draft and I wasn't married, didn't even have a girlfriend right and so I was looking for something to do really and, and instead of and how old were you at this point well I'd have been I think twenty two maybe yeah. twenty yeah, twenty two I think and it was my first year teaching at Cuyahoga Falls and so. I brought that up, and, and uh, he looked at me, I think, like I was a little bit crazy. And he said, well, now, if you want to do that, I'll bring you to West Point, and you can help coach our freshman team. But now you'll have to go through basic training. So I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and uh, I went through the protocol and everything. And the third day that I was there in the Army, I was officially in the Army. Uh, I get called out of formation to come see the sergeant. His name, and, and uh, you know, I had no idea what it was. And so I get in line. There were two guys in front of me, and he chewed each of them out for one thing or another. And I'm trying to think, well, what did I do? What, what, <laughs> right. what am I here? And what? So he starts in and, and he has a little card with names on it. And I'd never forget. He said, night, night, night. I've been in this man's army for 34 years now. And I got to pick up. I got to get busy with a damn baseball player. Well, I had played freshman baseball at Ohio State, and, and when you went in the Army, you had to put down all your athletic background and everything. Sure. And I had happened to write that in, that I'd played freshman baseball. Havlicek and I played freshman baseball at Ohio State along with basketball. And so as it, as it went, 
the uh, regimental commander uh, of the regiment that I was in was a sports fanatic. And, and everybody that came along that could be on one of his teams was something important to him. So this sergeant sent me to, uh, to uh, Building 904 to meet with Sergeant Yanchek. I had no idea. I didn't know where Building 904 was. Right. And so anyhow, I get there, and uh, this sergeant explains to me uh, what I'm going to be. And I'm going to now uh, be in the, um, in the process of, of playing on the basketball team and the baseball team in this, in this colonel's regiment. And so that's, that's where I wound up. I'm, I'm playing uh, basketball and baseball. You had to have been the best there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I'm in the Army, but all I'm doing is playing ball. <laughs> and, and, you know, I eventually told people I was the less trained soldier in the history of the United States <laughs> because I just, first of all, I played, I played baseball. I had to try out for it uh, in the regiment, and uh, I'd asked them what they needed, and, and uh, they said, well... Uh, we need a shortstop or a third baseman. And I thought, well, I might as well go full tilt. I said, well, I can play either one of them better than any one you've got. <laughs> because as I went through college in all those years, I played fast pitch softball every summer. Okay. And that is a very, very uh, uh, tough, you know, short basis. You yeah, know, and the ball's like, coming in about 90 uh, yeah, miles an hour. Yeah, the ball is coming in hard. and So anyhow, I had... Uh, a good feel for it, and then I got a tryout, and from the tryout, I became the first baseman on the regimental baseball team, and so that's what I started to do going into the Army as the first baseman on this particular guy's baseball team. And I bet you were lighting it up. Well, yeah, I mean, I I had played really well right up until I went in the Army in a really upper echelon fastball softball league sure and uh so it wasn't uh you know i went in and and i could play and all of us i became the first baseman and then uh it just uh moved on a little bit <coughs> from there and when i was there at, at uh, louisville to uh, hope that loyal of chicago won this fellow george hunter came up and he and coach taylor were talking and Mr. Hunter said, well, now, if this kid's ever going to be in the uh, military, you call me and I'll bring him to West Point and he can help coach our freshman team. So that's why I went into the Army yeah. to get called to West Point. And he thought, uh, it's almost like, well, if he's dumb enough to do this, we'll bring you know, that yeah. kind of a deal. So anyhow, I wind up and he was, uh, uh, when I got out of basic training, I think I had a two months off or something like that before I had to report to Fort Lent, uh, that I had to report to uh, West Point. Well, in the meantime, the guy that was the uh, uh, guy that, that I was going to get there because of, who was the head coach, uh, Mr. Hunter, uh, he left the job. So now I, get, I was, again, kind of out in the open, right. not knowing 
you know, I'm in the army, but <laughs> what am I going to do? It's almost fate. I mean, well, it, it, when uh, but I had to report to West Point, and uh, it had been all set up. Hunter had taken care of it uh, as he said he would, and I came in and, and uh, wound up being the assistant coach on the basketball team and coaching the freshman team. That was really the first coaching I did. And how long were you the assistant before you became the head coach? Well, just two years because our head coach uh, uh, got an offer to go to Miami of Ohio uh, as an assistant coach for, I think it was two years, and then become the head coach. And uh, that was not easy because we had a really good team. And uh, we had a kid named Mike Silliman and unfortunately got hurt. But he was as good as anybody there was in that era playing college basketball. Right. And so we've had these two good years, and, uh, you know, we're going to have another one. Uh, we'd beat Navy easily. Of course, that's the biggest thing in the world when you're talking about of course. Army, Navy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were coming back, and we had gotten some kids, had recruited well, and gotten some kids recruiting to West Point was not easy. You know, you'd walk in and uh, you're, you're going to talk to mom about Junior coming to the Army. <laughs> that wasn't easy. No. Mom wasn't really shot in the ass on that one. No, it's, the, uh, it's still not so, easy today. <laughs> no, uh, no it, it was not easy. It was a tough it was a tough thing uh, to, to recruit, you know, and, and uh, all I could do was, was talk about the background and, and what you would have. I think the commitment was two years, and I said you would have a great military commitment and be able to go on to college, and it would be a, So that's basically how we recruited, and that's how I got there. And, and uh, George Hunter had been the head coach, and, I, and he had left, and Taylor Locke was the name of the guy who took his place. Okay. And I was his assistant as we went along, and here we're going to have this really good team. And uh, he got this offer from Miami of Ohio to come as an assistant coach. I think it was for two years, and then take over the head coach. And... Uh, one afternoon, I said, that's ridiculous. I said, you've already had two good years, and we're going to have a third good year. And at the end of that third year, you can get any job in the country that you want that's open. But he and I kind of disagreed on that. We almost got in. Yeah, I don't know why you would go to Miami of Ohio. <clears throat> well, I, I don't know either. I think that he had... Uh, I think he had gone there as uh, a student and I think tried out for the basketball team but didn't make it. Mm. Something like that. That, you know, he felt, I guess, that he had something to prove or whatever. But he didn't. We, we had a, uh, uh, a situation where, you know, we're going to be good. Right. And it's going to be the third straight year we've been good. So now, when jobs start opening up here, there, and everywhere, this is when uh, he could have gone anywhere he wanted to. Well, <clears throat> he left to go to, go to uh, uh, Miami of Ohio, and, and uh, that left me there. And the, uh, the colonel that was there uh, 
who became, who I became very close to, uh, gave me the head coaching job. And I was really kind of surprised. And how old are you at this point, 24? <clears throat> I'd have been uh, maybe 23, 24 at the most. Was there a head coach in, in NCAA basketball that was that young? Oh, uh, when, I, when I became the head coach, I was the youngest coach in college basketball. Man. Because uh, that would not happen today at all. Uh, you would never let a 23-year-old, 24-year-old coach today. No, well, <clears throat> Ray Murphy, uh, apparently he had paid attention to what I did with recruiting and coaching the freshman team and whatnot because uh, when Tate's left, uh, there, just, there were two other guys there along with Ray Murphy that were all uh, – uh, long-time colonels in the Army. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that wanted to know why I was going to become the head coach, you know. Can't we go out and get whatever? Murphy wouldn't have anything to do with it. He just simply said, that's our coach, period. I don't want to hear anymore. Right. And so that was great for me. Yeah, that's amazing. That's how I got started. And you were walking into a stacked team at this point. That's a, that's a pretty decent team. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was a team that was going to win games. Yeah. And and we had good things going, and, and uh, it worked well for us. And, and uh, we went along in the, <coughs> the season, and then I, a, a difficulty arose. Uh, I, had a, I had an opportunity uh, to go to a major college then, uh, and I've forgotten now, it was in... Uh, Oh, I'd have to think which one it was now. But it was a major college that, that had, had offered me the job. And so I'm thinking this as opposed to West Point. Sure. It was idiotic not to take, not to take, the, not to take the job because here you've got a chance in recruiting. Right. And a good background and, and, a, and a place. It was, I think it was the University of Florida that, okay. that had offered me that job either Florida or Florida State, but I think it was Florida. And, and somehow during that first year, uh, this particular uh, fella had apparently paid attention to what all was going on. And, and I, I guess I had gotten some recommendations uh, uh, from these guys as far as this fellow from Florida was concerned. And so it was probably... Uh, one of the best things that uh, that ever happened to me and something that I was really pleased with because uh, I came back and I told Colonel Murphy, I said, uh, you know, I, Colonel, I really appreciate you for having me been the head coach this past year. And, uh, you know, kind of I was a little bit... Uh, you know, is this the right thing to do or what I'm, I'm thinking, you know. And, but this, this job at Florida is going to put you in a position uh, much further uh, in basketball than from the service academy. Right. You're just going to have better players, yeah. period. Although <laughs> I, had some, I had some damn good players. Or, and, but anyhow, the recruiting was going to be much easier. And, and so I told him that um, 
I really appreciate everything that you've done for me. And, and just wanted to tell you, though, that uh, I've got a chance to go to Florida, and I'm, I'm going to do that. And he really didn't say anything. You know, he didn't. He didn't try to give you the big pitch or the big <laughs> no, sell to, to keep you? Anything. And so, and I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, every once in a while you get proud of something that you've done here or there or whatever. And so I went back and, uh, and I got to thinking and, and uh, where I was staying and, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, I'd call people that I really trusted and wanted their opinion. And as most people are, it was like, well, you got to figure that out yourself, you know. And I would say, well, that's why the hell I called you. Right, right. You're smarter than I am. <laughs> I want to know what you think. So I went through that for two days, Saturday and Sunday. And I got one of life's greatest lessons. I went to see Colonel Murphy early in the morning. He was sitting just like you are at his desk. And I stood in front of him. And I'd given all this thought, you know. And, and, uh, you know, what I'd hear would be, uh, well, you have to do what you think is right. I'd say, well, God damn it, what do you think is right? <laughs> what do you think about this situation? You know, I wanted to know how other people felt. You wanted some guidance, yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, a lot of it was, uh, well, you've got a great situation now. You know, you're started. Uh, you're, you're coaching at West Point. You, and so anyhow, I stood in front of him, and he'll never forget this one of one of the greatest lessons I ever got, lesson on humility. He was sitting at his desk and, and didn't raise his head. And then when, when I said, uh, well, Colonel Murphy, I, I, I want you to know that I, and he's talking like this. I said, I want you to know that I've decided to stay with you. And I've waited. Uh, I, I just kind of got out of the way because he was going to jump over the table and grab me and hug me and pat me on the back and everything. And yeah. I'm waiting for that. But, but all that happened was he looked up at me and said, I knew you'd stay. <laughs> and I was just dumbfounded, you know. Yeah. And, but it was great because I stayed. When I became the head coach, I was the youngest head coach in the country at that time. And then, then, uh, I had a great opportunity in uh, so far as is working at recruiting that was difficult. You know, you're not coming to Ohio State sure. or Indiana or someplace. You're coming to West Point. And so you're going to have a military obligation. And so all of those kids that I recruited and and they were. Uh, Joe Lapchick was one of the great people in college basketball at that time. He had been the coach at St. John's. and Claire B. was another one who had been the coach at, at LIU, Long Island University. And they were probably in that era and maybe of all time, the two best coaches in basketball history were these two guys. And they did more to develop the game in terms of how you play and how you play defense and what you do on offense. And, I became very close to both of them, and and uh, they uh, they weren't very helpful. They said, "Well, you got to do what you think. 
I said, no, I want to know what the hell you think. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we went back and forth with that a little bit. And then uh, all of a sudden, I was the head coach. And uh, I think that uh, I retained that position for, it was either six or seven years. Right. And, and did you have a lot of success? Yeah, we won a lot of games. We were, uh, we never, we always uh, talk about when I, I talk to the military, uh, as I like to, you know, anytime I'm speaking to the military and, and uh, we talk a little bit about my coaching history at West Point. And I always wind it up by saying, as far as you Naval Academy people are concerned, we beat your ass every time we played you. <laughs> so the Army-Navy game was big. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I, we, we worked hard at recruiting. I, I had uh, some great players. I mean, just really, really good. And, and they were, you know, it wasn't like... We had had to find. We had some great players, and and these kids were really, really good. And and we went a long way with those kids. We won. I think we won more than twenty games every year. And when when, when Indiana called, um, was there any other schools like? Did, did Ohio State ever call you to say, "Hey, will you come back and coach your alma mater?" Yeah, but but uh, I really wasn't interested in it. Uh, really? No. Uh, did, did you have a, a good time in Columbus? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Columbus, and, and I didn't think much much about it. And, and this situation for me at West Point at my age was incredibly good. Sure. You know, I'm 22 years old, and I'm a head coach at a major institution. And so now when that left and, and what came up was – uh, at that point, uh, I got a call uh, from a guy named Bill Orwig, who was the athletic director at Indiana. He himself had been an excellent player at Michigan and had been a Big Ten guy right. for many, many years. And uh, uh, he asked me if I would be interested in talking to him about the job at Indiana. And I told him that I said, yes, I would be. And he asked me to come uh, to, uh, to Indianapolis, which I did. And, and uh, we talked it over. And I really liked what he had to say. And I really liked the way he wanted things done. And, and what, what all was available to me in doing so. And so for those years that I was with him, I really, really enjoyed it and I learned an awful lot just being with him and then I would still at that point uh, I would spend time talking to uh, my coach when I had a chance but see it was a tough thing for me because he was still in the Big Ten when I came to Indiana so now we had to play Indiana against my former coach and that was not a that was not an easy thing. Was it friendly at all? No, yeah. We, I mean, he was always he was very good to me, and I tried to help him. But you, you know, you've got somebody like that. You're not happy that you beat him, right? But you want to beat him, but you're not happy that you did. And so that that went on uh, for those I don't know six or seven years uh, that. Uh, 
that I was coaching there. And was there other offers on the table at the time the oh, Indiana yeah, job there came were all around? Kinds of places to go to, and people calling, and I wasn't interested in in going here and going there and going someplace else. I really appreciated the opportunity. The one the one mistake that I made was well, you asked me about this, but the one mistake I made was Havlicek. John called me. Uh, that the people in in Blooming or in in uh, Columbus had asked him to ask me uh, who I thought would be a good person for them to hire at Ohio State, and and John said uh, he said I think what they want to know is if you would come back to Ohio State, right? And things were things would made a little bit of a change with a couple people that had retired and a couple people came in that I didn't particularly care for or whatever and I came very much on the on 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 almost uh well I told John I said maybe it's time I come to Columbus and he immediately said if you'll come if you'll come to Columbus I'll pick you up in the morning and we'll go see the president and I think it was Novice Fawcett was still the president then. Okay. And he was a guy that I knew anyhow and had gotten along with him well for a young guy and this as the presidency. And, and so I told John that. I said, and then, you know, I got a little bit, it was a mistake. I got a little bit uh, thinking, boy, I've really enjoyed it here and I've really enjoyed the people and one thing and another. And, and uh, I told John, I said, you know, I'd love to, go to Ohio State but I've got such good players here and such and so I ended up uh, I ended up not going that was the closest I didn't I had all kinds of offers to go where the pros wherever uh, uh, Red Auerbach uh, I became very very close to Red Auerbach but I just told him I said coach I don't have any interest in, in coaching in the NBA, which I didn't. I didn't have any interest in it. But Did he want you to be one of his assistants? I think that uh, I think he had it set up that I would be the head coach. Really? At uh, whatever year this was or whenever. And uh, but just getting to know him uh, and and have him as a friend. We, uh, we were in Madison Square Garden, and uh, uh, I. I, I happened to walk in. You get lost in the garden. Sure. And all kinds of tunnels and one thing and another that the, come out of the locker rooms and whatever. And So I'd open the door. Here's this big room, almost like this. Nobody in it. And so I started to shut the door. And the door at the other end opened. And a guy walked in. And I was petrified when I saw who it was. I mean, I wanted to get out of there, but I said, no, and I I was really, so anyhow, the guy came right up to me, stood in front of me, and he said, son, my name's Red Auerbach. And I looked at him, I said, damn, coach, I'm not that dumb, I know who you are. (laughs) And so... That became the, the that was the beginning of a great friendship that I had with Red. Was he smoking a cigar? Not at that point, I don't think. Okay. I have been with him when he was, but not not at that point. I didn't but, know if he was walking around the garden just smoking cigars like he 
But he, uh, I became, uh, uh, Havlicek once told me, he said, I don't know how you did it, but I don't think there's anybody red likes better than you. He said, I don't know what you did to deserve <laughs> it. So, but that was one of those great things. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, a relationship with different people, and Red was certainly one of them. Was it important for you to stay uh, at one place for a long period of time? Is that why you stayed at Indiana well, so Well, I think so. I, I think that why, why do I want to leave? And, and there were people there that I really liked, you know, and, and the, Bloomington was a great college town. My wife and I really liked it. Karen liked it. And she had a lot of friends there. And 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 uh, it, it, and we were getting players. I mean, I, I only had to go to Indianapolis to get players that could play. Yeah, you were killing us every year, every year at Ohio State. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think we ever lost. No, I I, I, I can't remember it. Um, and uh, oh, I'm sure they must have won somewhere along the way because it, yeah, very rarely. To, yeah, you're bound to lose here and there, but we didn't lose many. No. And so I'm there. I'm there thinking. At that time, that this is going to, you know, this is a great situation. We've got a great team set, and we've got probably four kids here, there, and wherever that are going to come next year. And that's how we recruited. And it was a sorry state of affairs because I just think there were some very selfish people at Indiana that just couldn't grasp the fact that the basketball team was the most popular thing in the state. And, and the, 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 the guiding light for Indiana University at that time was the basketball program. And so they got up uh, involved with a lot of ridiculous crap and, and uh, decided that they didn't want me to coach anymore. Yeah. So I've... Because I, I, I look back on that, and there's obviously that 30 for 30 that's coming out. I don't know if you were involved in it for ESPN. Um, but, you know, the, the way that you were ousted out of there was uh at least as a fan we we all we all looked at it because uh, even though i went to the a big 10 school well we, everybody a, we were always rooting for I, bobby knight you, know, you were our if, favorite coach if it would have been something that i understood it would be different but that's all it was they brought in some asshole that that uh yeah do I need to explain that to anybody? <laughs> Just go ahead. We can go ahead with that. And, and, and uh, it was it was just a, a situation where there were people that when Indiana University came up, the first thing anybody talked about was basketball. But well, we never lost, and and every kid graduated. And, and uh, there wasn't anything wrong with that, except there were three or four people that couldn't deal with that. Right. And my, uh, my fault was, and I could sense that, but my, it was my fault uh, not just calling John back and saying, hey, I'll meet you in Columbus tomorrow. Uh, that, by the way, when that all went down, that was the rumor around Ohio State, because I was, I was at school then, that you were you were potentially going to come back and coach well, they, they had asked me a couple of times but this one time with john when they you know he and i were very close and when when he called me it was that they had asked him to see if i would be willing to come and and i almost did i you know i like the people there right and and i uh uh i just spoke at uh, a couple of things in indiana 
in the last week. And, and, and I always handle it this way. I said, I want you to know something that I have never enjoyed people more than when I was coaching at Indiana and the people in the state of Indiana. And I said, now, quite frankly, my dear, I just don't give a shit about Indiana University. <laughs> but as far as the population of the state is concerned, you have a great fan in me. And I, I feel badly that it went that way. Yeah. And it shouldn't have gone that way. But people obviously just couldn't deal with the fact that when people talked about the university, what they wanted to know about was basketball. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you ever see a, a scenario in which you'll go back for, for a game? No. At, never. Completely done with that. Uh, this is a stone cold look I'm getting for an audio show. The, the, the folks can't see this it. at home, but I yeah. yeah. A, I think it was a stone cold dumb question. That yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how else I could respond. Like I say, it's not a highbrow show. This it's not a highbrow show. Smart as I think he is. <laughs> I, I put on a good front. Um, last question: uh, Did you hear about the allegations with uh, Sean Miller last night in, in Arizona? With that the, was just, uh, yeah, what was that? Uh, the FBI caught him on a wiretap of, of paying a, a player $100,000. You know... That never would have happened in your day or well, era. Well, it would have never happened with me, but I'm sure it happened with other coaches. A lot. I, I think that as I went through coaching uh, there, when, when I would come in, you're, you're a kid that I want to recruit. You know, I've seen you play. I think you can play for us. But the first thing I would do when I came into your home uh, was talk to your mother and father. And I would say, now, the first thing you have to understand about my situation at Indiana is this. Uh, we will be responsible for your son's room, board, book, tuition, and funds, period. Now, apparently, that's not what's happened in the last few years. They got these assistant coaches or whatever coaches uh, basically trying to buy kids. Yes. You know, we'll offer you. The, and that's what's happened in this circumstance you just brought up. I, I think that it got leaked out what happened. And they'll be in, in, uh, in, in, in deep water over this one. Yeah. And it was odd timing. It was around midnight last night when the story broke. And, uh, you know, Ohio State had just beaten Indiana in double overtime. Um, <laughs> Just thought I'd get that one jab in there, but when it when it broke, I was like, oh, I, ca I can't believe jab, this because we beat your ass every time. We <laughs> you did, you, you did. Want, you want to take a you want to take a list of all the times we beat Indiana? I'd be glad to show it. <laughs> well, look, you're one of my favorite people on the planet, and uh, I, in my opinion, you're the greatest college coach uh that's ever done it um and I, and i can't thank you enough for for being well, on the I show i appreciate that but the thing that i appreciated the most was i think we did it the right way the players graduated and and, and they had something out of it other than having played basketball and uh we did it without any rules violations and 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 uh, in fact uh i'm pretty much responsible for the library at indiana and 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 it's and it being built, so you know I've just had always been, uh, you know, felt badly about the circumstances there, but you know life goes on. Sure. And and, and uh, so I, my wife is uh, 
the best person I've ever known. And, and I have just been very, very grateful uh, to have this lady as a, uh, as a wife. I've had about a dozen different offers to give her to somebody. <laughs> but, but I've hung on to it. You know, it's just not, no chance. But anyhow, you know, we, we all go through different things. I mean, you, know, you think about uh, somebody that lost a son in Vietnam or, or whatever. You know, everybody has to go through uh, some hardships. And, and uh, I will just always appreciate the, uh, the opportunities that I've had and uh, kind of enjoying life now, watching things going around the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I, I sincerely can't thank you enough for being on. And uh, you're, you're a hell of a coach and a great man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.